welcome to Timeless Treasures from God's Word, a preaching ministry of the late Reverend Howard E. Tucker, former pastor of the Calvary Presbyterian Church in Wilkinsburg, Pennsylvania, whose radio ministry was heard for many years on KDKA every Sunday night. Voiced by his son, Timothy, we hope these messages will inspire and challenge you and bring many to a saving knowledge of Christ as Savior. Now, here's Tim. Well, a wonderful good evening to each and every one of you who's joined us tonight, whether on radio or podcast, whether you're on a computer or your smartphone. Welcome to our program. And I'd like to share another message with you that my father gave on the radio some years ago. It's one of the seven dispensations found in the Bible, and it's called the Dispensation of Grace from the Cross to the Rapture of the Church. My father was a graduate of Wheaton College and Dallas Theological Seminary, and you can listen to other programs that we've done by taking your smartphone or computer, and in the search bar, just type in Timeless Treasures from God's Word. Well, Dr. Schofield in his reference Bible says, A dispensation is a period of time during which man is tested in respect of obedience to some specific revelation of the will of God. In other words, it's how God ran things in various ages. Sometimes people are afraid of being called dispensationalists, but actually Christians are dispensationalists whether they want to be or not. If Christians do not bring animals to their churches to be offered in blood sacrifices, they are dispensationalists. If Christians worship on Sunday, the Lord's Day, instead of on Saturday, they are dispensationalists. If you believe there is a difference between law and grace, you are a dispensationalist. Sometimes people claim to be premillennialists, but not dispensationalists. But such is impossible because the very term premillennialist shows that there is going to be another age or dispensation after this one. Sometimes people are surprised that our good Presbyterian Charles Hodge, in his three-volume work on systematic theology, distinguishes at least four dispensations. All Christians need to be reminded that Paul insists in 2 Timothy 2.15 that we must be rightly dividing the word of truth. All scripture is for us and helpful, but portions may not be about us as such primarily. A study of the dispensations for the first time often makes the Bible clear to Christians with open minds for the Holy Spirit's teaching. Now, very simply, the seven dispensations are innocence, conscience, human government, promise, law, grace, and millennial kingdom. The last five weeks, we have considered dispensation of innocence in Genesis 1 through 3, this dispensation of conscience in Genesis 3 through 8, the dispensation of human government from Genesis 8 through 11, the dispensation of promise, Genesis 12 to Exodus 19, and dispensation of law, Exodus 19 to the crucifixion of Christ. Tonight, we deal with the sixth one, the dispensation of grace, from the cross to the rapture of the church. We've suggested that in considering a dispensation, you can think of the four things of man's state, man's responsibility, man's failure, and God's judgment. In each of our former studies, we have seen how man has failed completely and has come under the judgment of God. In our dispensation of grace tonight, God's eternal judgment will fall upon all those who fail to place their faith in his Son and refuse to receive him as their personal Savior. God's judgment will also fall upon the world and the apostate church left behind after the true church is caught up into heaven before the seven predicted years of tribulation to come upon the earth climaxed 
by Christ's triumphant return to the earth. Here in our study of the dispensations, the one on grace tonight is in distinct contrast to the one on law we considered last week. Actually, although the Jews rejected Christ, our Lord's first coming was the fulfillment of the promise of the Redeemer, made immediately after the first sin occurred, the fulfillment of the promise to Abraham, which was often reiterated afterward during the centuries. And of course, his death on the cross fulfilled and made valid all the blood sacrifices of the Old Testament. In a sense, this dispensation of grace tonight should be the easiest one to consider, because we are a part of it in living during it. Well, naturally, the other dispensations concern people who lived in other past times who will be part of the one that is yet future. Grace is God's unmerited favor, and there is absolutely nothing we can do as the basis of our eternal salvation. Other religions say to do something, and maybe you'll be all right. But Christianity simply says that everything has already been done by Christ on the cross. Simply believe it and receive Christ as your Savior is the urging of the Bible and the pleading of the Holy Spirit. Many New Testament references might easily be used in this connection, but I believe the extended one in Romans 3, verses 19 through 31, covers most of the details when it says, Now we know that what things soever the law says, it says to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified, that is, declared righteous, in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believes in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also, seeing it is one God, which shall justify the circumcision, that is the Jews, by faith, and the uncircumcision, that is the Gentiles, through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid. Yea, we establish the law. You see, sin was sin before the law was given, but when the law was given, it defined sin more minutely and added to it the element of trespass or transgression. The law clearly showed men that they were sinners. Under the dispensation of law, they had the blood sacrifices tied in with the priesthood, as well as first the tabernacle and later the temple. Just as in former dispensations, God had permitted the head of the family to offer blood sacrifices as the basis of forgiveness of sins. All of this Christ fulfilled when he shed his blood on the cross for the sins of the world, and no further blood sacrifices need to be made. Sinners coming to God do not need to, in fact cannot, bring anything to him, 
but must simply accept the gift of eternal life from him along with the forgiveness of sins through their faith in Christ. God has, in grace, excluded any other means of coming to him during this dispensation of grace, and we believers will never in any way earn, pay for, or deserve the eternal salvation that is freely ours. You might well say that this is so wonderful that you don't see how man could possibly fail in this dispensation of grace. Well, of course, man fails when he refuses God's grace and love by rejecting Christ as Savior. Believers fail when they do not reach everyone with the gospel. The sad thing is the shameful indifference and coldness to the needs of our sinful, lost world by many who claim to know Christ and may be even a part of our evangelical, conservative, fundamental churches. Only a heaven-sent Holy Spirit revival that will transform Christ's church will have any real impact upon a world that is fast approaching judgment. You see, instead of believers ushering in a time of perfection here on the earth, when absolute justice and peace will prevail, the Bible teaches that sin will become greater and greater. The hope of believers is the return of Christ in the air for his own, which we call the rapture of the true church. Paul, in Titus 2, verses 11 through 14, when speaking of the grace of God, reminds believers to be looking for the blessed hope of Christ appearing, just as he speaks in 2 Timothy 4, 8, of loving his appearing. After believers are caught up into heaven, the seven years of predicted tribulation upon the earth will desolate it to a large degree and exterminate a large percentage of the world's population. Only after these things take place will our Lord return to the earth in great power and glory to put down all of his enemies and establish the predicted millennial kingdom upon the earth. This will be our study next week, Lord willing, as we conclude our messages on the seven dispensations. This is the kingdom promised to the Jews, but postponed when they rejected Christ at his first coming. He will come the next time, not as the suffering servant to die on a cross, but as the Lord of lords and as the King of kings, to reign upon his throne and to maintain absolute justice and peace. In the meantime, in grace, Christ tarries to permit us to still seek to reach you and save friends with the gospel message of God's redeeming love. The Bible says God made hell or the lake of fire for the devil and the other angels who fell with him. Man goes there only because he rejects Christ as Savior. Make your decision to place your faith in him before it's eternally too late. If you are a believer in Christ, then praise God that you are living in the dispensation of grace. Love your Lord's appearing so that each day will be lived for him and let the Holy Spirit use you to reach others with the gospel that they too may know your Savior. If you never have received Christ as your personal Savior, why not come to Jesus right now? Just in your hearts before the Lord, humbly say to the Lord, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I deserve your judgment for your sins. Uh, I deserve hell for my sins, but I want to repent of my sins. I want to turn away from my life of sin, and I want to follow Christ from this point on. I believe that he lovingly gave his life for me on the cross. He died a horrible, painful, suffering crucifixion on the cross for me so that I would not have to face judgment for my sins in the future. He took all my sins on the cross with him. And I believe his blood sacrifice on the cross can cleanse me of my sin. And I ask him to come into my life. Lord Jesus, come into my life and save me. I believe you rose again from the dead in victory to prove that if I place my faith in Christ in you, I will have eternal life. Come to Christ right now. 
and trust Him as your personal Savior. Thank you for tuning in tonight. We hope and pray this message was a blessing to you. You may receive a free written copy by emailing us at tptuck51 at gmail.com or by calling 412-337-3858. Our mailing address is Timeless Treasures from God's Word, 147 Crescent Garden Drive, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 15235. Please join us next week at this time over this fine radio station, Word FM. Till then, walk with the Lord in the light of His Word.